jubilee has come, the jubilee has come, the prophets were aware, the Lord this word declare, the year acceptable. Salvation shows the jubilee has come. Verse 4. Oh, speak. No, no. The gospel now make plain, ring out this blessed refrain, the jubilee has come, the jubilee has come, the jubilee has come, the prophets were aware, the Lord is worth declare, the year acceptable his full salvation shows the jubilee has come praise the lord praise the lord the jubilee has come to the united states the jubilee has come to middle america the Jubilee has come to the Midwest. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's time. It's time. So let this be just the beginning of the blowing of the trumpet. And I like to uh, encourage all of us for the rest of this year, of this 49th year. Let's start to welcome the 50th year, 2019 starting now. Okay, we got four months. Remember right? September, October, November, December. We're going to blow this horn. We're going to blow this on one another. And I would like to strongly say, let's blow it in every Tuesday night prayer meeting. Every prayer meeting will be a trumpet meeting. For the rest of 2018. I don't care there's only two or three. According to Matthew 18. Wherever two or three. Whatever they would agree. In symphonic harmony. On this earth. Whatever they bind on the earth. Will have been bound in the heavens. Whatever they release on the earth. Whatever they release on the earth. We're going to release will have been released in the heavens. Amen. We're going to release the jubilee. Amen? Amen? Amen. We're going to release the wet Midwesterners, Amen. the typical wet Midwesterners, Amen. from captivity, Amen. from poverty, Amen. and from homelessness. Amen. Amen? Amen? We're going to prophesy, we're going to declare it. Amen. So please don't come Tuesday night to mope around and to kind of Beg and, 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 I mean, we need to pray, but let's infuse our prayer with an element of prophecy and praise. Amen. All right? That means with declaration. Amen. I'm talking about a special kind of prayer called declarative prayer. Amen. There are many kinds of prayer. There's petition, there is supplication, 
you know, there is uh, um, uh, intercession, all, all manners of, of prayer. But tonight, we still need to intercede, we still need to petition, we need to supplicate, but let us do it in the spirit of declaration. Amen. Jehovah said, concerning the works of my hands, command me. Amen. He didn't say, bake me. He, he didn't say that. He said, tell me what to do, because that's what I want to do already. Amen. Don't beg me to do it. Just agree with me Amen. and tell me to do it. Amen. Encourage me to do it. Amen. That is the commanding prayer. You know, that has to do with Jerusalem. Uh, setting watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem, giving him no rest and taking no rest. So I feel we even need to flip our prayer meeting on its head. Shall we? Shall we rebel against the old kind of prayer meeting? It's kind of half dead. It's kind of watch, watching the watch. Keep, you know what I mean? Uh, let, let's, let's come to the prayer meeting early. Let me tell you something about Eldon. In Eldon, this is a fact. In Eldon, at least for some period of time at the height of that revival, the prayer meeting attendance is almost the same as Lord's Day morning. You, you couldn't imagine it today. You know, I think today you got 100 on Lord's Day, prayer meeting maybe 20, 15, and we, we, we call that a pretty good day. But brothers, we, we need to flip this around. It says in the first church, the church in Jerusalem, they continue steadfastly in four things, in two pairs. Number one, the, on the apostolic side, in the apostles' teaching and fellowship. But on the church side, they continue on two, in two things, and that is in what? The breaking of bread. That's the remembrance of the Lord. I talked about this yesterday. And in prayers. If there would be two things that characterize a healthy and strong, robust church life, I'm going to check the bread breaking and the prayers. Those two things will tell me how healthy that church is. Sorry to say today, those meetings are not that strong, not that impactful. The Lord's table, it's sing along, I said. You know, we need to recover the Lord's table just to remember the Lord, and, 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 just, and just again with praise. Um, there's a lot in my heart to talk about that. But, you know, I, did I tell you that I have, I told you I have six messages prepared on praise, right? You want to have a conference on praising? I, I mean, really, I mean, this is not light stuff, okay? Don't think, oh, praise the Lord. No, this is serious stuff. This, this has to do with God's economy, has to do with praise. The dealing of the, his enemy, the glorifying of himself, even the coming kingdom, I tell you, it has everything to do with praise. Watchmen, he say, praise is work. Have you heard of that? You think prayer is labor, right? Let me tell you, praise is work. We better learn to work 
by praising the Lord. These priests in the Old Testament, at the latest by David's time, he installed certain priests as nothing but singers. There's a whole division of them. A whole division of priests that do, they do nothing but sing. You know, David himself is a singer, he's a composer, he's a guitar player, whatever player he, well, he was. He, he's a musician himself, a very accomplished one. But so he set up singers just to sing. And he himself danced, didn't he? Yeah. David danced in front of the ark. That means in the presence of God. And so his wife, you know, up look at the window, just, just got embarrassed and say, what kind of king are you to just, just dance in front of your citizens? That very moment, his womb, her womb was closed. Dear brothers, let me tell you, to sing praise to God is a very, very, very great thing. We need to recover a church life of praise. Amen. Praise at the Lord's table. Amen. And even praise at the prayer time. Amen. I think this will turn our church life around. It will greatly strengthen our church life from a kind of a defensive, tentative, passive mode to something what? That is powerful on the offense. Full of impact towards God, towards man, and especially towards the devil himself. Amen. Brothers, it's time. It's time. Amen. So go back these four months and blow that horn. Amen. How about that? Yeah. Every Tuesday night, just, just send, the, send, the, send the whatever email text out to all the saints. Come and blow the horn. Amen. Bring your trumpet with you. Amen. We're going to blow tonight. We're going to blow our way into 2019. Amen. 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 Get all the students to come and blow. The, the, the college saints, they are ready to blow. They got more air in their lungs. The working saints, your job is to blow that trumpet. Amen. I know you have to work in the day. That's, 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 your real job is to blow the trumpet. Amen. That's your real employment. We don't pay you for that. But that is a more important work. The older saints, come and blow. Come and blow that horn. I feel this is the way we push back the enemy. By praising the Lord. I, I, I'm not making light of this thing. I really mean that. Leading brothers, go back and consider this matter. Consider this matter. All right? So we would still pray, we would still petition, we still, we still do that. But with a spirit, with an offensive spirit, with a positive spirit, with an aggressive spirit. I gave a word a few months back to the leading brothers in, in, here in Chicago. I, taught, I spent a whole time on the matter of the recovery of courage among us. Talk about bunker. We lost our faith. In the Lord, we lost our confidence in the recovery. 
We lost our fiercenesses in the face of Satan. We lost these things. And so I spoke about Joshua. Uh, firstly, Moses in the last two chapters of Deuteronomy. And then Joshua in the first chapter of Joshua. So the last two chapters was, well, Deuteronomy was a re-speaking by Moses, a rehearsing of what happened from the time Jehovah let them out of Egypt and all the way to the border of Canaan. He rehearsed with them all the wonderful things, all the mighty things that Jehovah did on their behalf to lead them out. And that was the time when Moses was going to pass. He was going to die. He knew it. And so he gave them the blessing. He gave them the rehearsing. That's somewhat like we, we're rehearsing some history here. And <clears throat> there, in both of those chapters, says Jehovah told Moses to tell the people. Firstly, he told Moses. Then he told Moses to tell the people. Be of good courage. Go, Jehovah is with you. Go and take the land that I have given to you. That's all Jehovah said. You know, the land, which is a type of Christ, has been given. That's the allotment. That's a divine possession. God has promised it to us. And the land is sitting right there, right? But it's not yours until you go and set your foot on it. Amen. And for that, you need to go and fight. Displace these pagan tribes, these Canaanites, and all these people. Then the land will be practically yours. Amen. You know, to take Christ the land, to gain Christ the land, it's not a matter of kind of being tentative and kind of being nice. No, you won't gain Christ that way. The way to gain Christ is you have to be strong. Amen. You have to be very courageous. Amen. Take the land. Amen. Because everything of the power of darkness is to resist you from gaining Christ. So to enjoy Christ is a fight. Don't think you drift into enjoyment. No such thing. You fight, you exercise, then you enjoy the Lord. The enjoyment of God belongs to fighters. And then, after Moses departed, Joshua came in. And Joshua was Moses' attendant for years. He was one of the ten spies. He and Caleb were the Amongst the 12 who came back with positive reports, they saw the same thing, but one gave negative report. Fake news. <laughs> That's real fake news. They all saw these probably Nephilims, people from another age, these giants. We're like grasshoppers, they say. They all see these giants. And these 10 spies, all they see is giants, they're going to eat us up. Right? We're like grasshoppers. These two guys, these two guys, that's Joshua 
and Caleb, they saw the same, same giants. You know what they say? They say, we're going to eat them up. <laughs> They're food for us. Look at the grapes. It's that huge. Look at the pro produce. Jehovah has given this to us. Let's go right now. But, sorry, Israel sided with the ten unbelieving spies. Because of that, they were cursed to stay in the wilderness for another 40 years. The problem is unbelief. There's nothing that dishonored God like not believing in Him. So, Say, brothers, let's eradicate unbelief from amongst us. Amen. It's not honorable. The word has been spoken. Christ has been given to us. The Midwest has been given to us. Amen. Let's believe the Lord. So we need our faith restored. From unbelief, let's turn to faith. And it says in 2 Corinthians, we believe, therefore we speak. Amen. And that's the declarative part. Don't, don't, don't just come to the meeting and say, well, it's going to happen. No. Come to the meeting and start declaring the word of God. Amen. And with faith, Amen. we having all be, uh, believe, therefore we also speak. Speaking positive is a sign of active faith. Not just faith in word, but faith in action, in reality. And we also need our, not only our faith restored, we need our confidence restored. I know the devil did a bad one over here in the Midwest 10, 12 years ago and caused us even to lose confidence in the ministry in the recovery even, you know what I mean? In the leadership, that was, that was bad. But that was 12 years ago. We cannot stay there. Let's get out of that. Amen. Let's declare our confidence Amen. in the Lord's leading among us today. Amen. Our confidence in this ministry. Amen. Our confidence in the Lord's recovery. Let's also recover our boldness, our courage. This is towards the outside, external. Let's hide no more. Let's stay in the bunker no more. Let's come out. Let's go and tell people about the gospel. Let's not be ashamed. We need the bonus recovered. You know, before we were full of bonus, we were like a hot knife on butter, the Lord's recovery, once upon a time, really. And it's because of our prevailingness on the campuses that stir up a lot of religious jealousy. At the root of a lot of opposition, it's not about the truth. That's a sort of an excuse. 
The real thing is market share. You follow me? We're cutting into somebody's market share. Especially on the campuses. So the, the books came out one after another. The moment we contact someone on campus, the next day they got a book called The Mindbenders. And later on, The God Men. That's how they push us, push us, and blockaded us, and eventually push us underground. That's what happened. Dear ones, I would like to declare, I really want to declare, I want to declare those days are over. Amen. We're no underground church. We're not an underground recovery. This country afforded us the first amendment rights. Am I right? Amen. Of free speech. You cannot go around go around and, and, and uh, uh, slander people, it's that you're breaking the law. As long as we're not here instigating riots, I'm not here instigating riots, I hope. I don't think I'm doing that. That's not good. But I'm here to stir up the spirit. Amen. And we're not here to go burn Police cars, we're not here, you know, to throw rocks in windows and stores. We're not here to hurt anybody. We're going there to restore them to God. Amen? Amen? Amen. We're here to release them from sin. Amen. We're bringing them back to God's household. Amen. If you call that a riot, I love that kind of riot. No, we're not doing that, dear brothers and sisters. We're, no, there's no reason for us to be afraid. You know, these days with all this liberal onslaught, assault of liberal immoral philosophies, making them normal, making them normal. And my home state, California, very liberal legislature is actually legislating, legislating things. You know, today, kids like this, I don't know about Illinois, I don't know, but there, the books, the textbooks they read in public schools must, must talk about two dads, two moms, as part of the solid education they receive. And all of that. And I, my spirit is provoked. I tell myself one day, man, you cannot be silent. I'm not going around to throw rocks or do those kind of things. But I have my right. I'm going to speak. My, speak. Not just to speak my opinion. I have only one thing to speak as a minister, and that is the Word of God. Amen. I gave two, at least two messages, and I gave many other messages, but two messages in the full-time training two years ago as a complete, rather complete study of the entire scriptures from Genesis to Revelation on the subject matter of homosexuality. It's in print. 
not in book form, but it's in print. It's a Bible study. In other words, that's not a man's opinion. That's the word of God. Starting from Genesis, specifically Genesis 6, where all this stuff begins. Not with men, but with angels crossing the line of God's ordination to fornicate with man. And as a result, producing these strange species. I mentioned the Nephilims. That is the beginning where all this stuff starts. To break God's ordination in his law in creation. That Paul talked a lot about in Romans 1. If you want to study this matter, you must read Romans 1. Men who went against the law. Lusting against the, lusting over their own gender, etc., etc. I mean, Paul didn't mince words, okay? Paul did not mince words, and that's the Bible. That's not some conservative, Bible thumping person talking here. And all the way to Jude, to Peter and Jude, talks about this. Harking back always to Sodom and Gomorrah. And whenever Sodom and Gomorrah talks about always referencing angels. So you have to go back to Genesis 6 to find out why the angels, the fallen angels, that is, are part of this. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, this is not just some liberal, liberal philosophy here. Let me tell you, it's the power of darkness. It is Satan himself. There's an agenda to destroy men so that they would be no good for God. I know some of this speaking would sound very offensive, very intolerant. I'm, 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 I will be, I, if I go out there and do this, I'll be considered a bigot in no time. I'm full of hate. I have no love in me. I like to tell you, brothers and sisters, the truth. That God is love. But God is enthroned on his righteousness. You take away God's righteousness, there's no throne anymore. God is not God anymore. Not only so, again and again in the Old and the New Testament, it repeats, God is holy. Be holy as God is holy. Holy means uncommon, set apart, nothing like it. Only God is that way. I'm not here to argue with anyone. I'm not here to debate with anyone. You believe what you want to believe, but I have an obligation. I have a duty. I have a commission to speak the word of God. That's all I can do. 
And so for that, you need certain courage. But that courage doesn't come from you. That courage, the courage I have, is only based on one thing, and that is his word. The word gives me the bonus. I mean, without that, you think, you think Martin Luther would go and nail those 95 theses? It's the word. Now, I, I digress, sorry, I digressed, because this thing, as you can see, kind of heats me up. My brothers, don't forget we're in a fight. And even to gain the land, to gain the Midwest, it's a fight. But we fight with singing. Amen. We fight with praise. Amen. Because when we praise and sing, our message is, it is finished. God has done it. We're here just to execute what heaven has accomplished. So we bind and we loose. So let's go have these prayer meetings these next four months to blow that trumpet to bring in the new year. Okay. Um, so our faith, our, our confidence, and our bonus, you add them all together, it is courage. It is courage. I touch the Lord. I pray very much to the Lord personally, you know concerning even my own ministry, my, 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 my service. And I have to deal with the Lord, deal with the Lord, because these are not little itty-bitty issues and small things. This is about the saints. This is about the recovery. This is about the saints needing direction, going on. What's our posture in this society? What's our position? What's our stand? And the main thing to be found in a steward, according to Paul, is faithfulness. So I have to be faithful. I have to be faithful. Otherwise, I'm disqualified from being a true minister. So, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you Be of good courage. Amen. Our number is small. Probably many who left are stronger people than us. I don't know. But we're still here. Amen. That means a lot. We're still here. It's not how big the, our number is or, or how small. It depends whether Jehovah is with us or not. And his being with us, a sign of his being with us, is that his speaking is still with us. Now, um, 
I believe there will be a lot more fellowship in the coming days, even about a lot of practical matters. I hope even perfecting and training us to go forth. Am I right? We all we need coordination. We need uh, this afternoon. We need we met with a wonderful group of students, college students. Uh, if you're college students, could you please stand up? I I like to just kind of see see you. Whoa, uh, yeah, yeah. Very good, and this bunch is from Texas, okay? <laughs> Would you not like the day soon in this meeting hall when I ask for college students, half will stand up? Amen. No, I'm serious. Or more than half? I, I'm waiting for that day. I expect that day. I believe that day will come. Amen. And so we charge them. We commission them. Go. Go and disciple these campuses. Stand up. The word from the Lord to Paul. Stand up and go to the Gentiles. So this is our burden. This is our burden. Now, I like to continue this and not worry about the outline. I'd like to talk tonight a little bit to you about even this courage, this, this faith, this um, where does it come from? To do that, I have to back up a little bit to finish my history. I need to finish my history from yesterday morning. And that is, I want to bring this history all the way to when Brother Lee died. From after he came back from Taiwan, 1989, to the time he died, altogether about eight years. Those eight years. So I told you already, he came back with the full burden to work out, to execute, to carry out the God-ordained way in the churches in America. Because he knew that if it takes in America, it will spread to the whole earth. But he came back to a rebellion, a terrible rebellion, where some of the most leading co-workers rebelled, flipped, if you use today's jargon, And in his old age, and soon with his sickness and illness, he was limited. He could not do it. And even though he charged some of us who were around him to carry it out, we were no brotherly. And also, we, at least in Southern California and many other places, affected we were quite decimated. What you experienced in 2006, we experienced earlier on. Earlier on. In around 1986, 87, 88, while Brother Lee was still in Taiwan. <clears throat> For one year, Brother Lee could not step foot 
in the church in Anaheim meeting hall. Because he was so attacked. The Living Stream Ministry was under attack. And some of us who were nobodies, but we were Brother Lee's junior co-workers standing with him, attacked. Today, we talk like this. Many of the younger people have no idea of the darkness. And Brother Lee said this. He said in those days, he said this rebellion, unlike previous rebellion, is not human. It's not human beings here. It's demons and spirits behind working this out. It was that bad. So he has to go around to restore the churches, restore the saints. But in 1989, when we're still in the immediate aftermath of that rebellion, he established the full-time training in Anaheim. There was still smoke everywhere, you understand, you know. He established the full-time training until today. And with that full-time training, there was a means, there was an outlet for him to speak concerning the God-ordained way to the trainees and eventually to the saints in the churches in Orange County, which he did. Starting in 1993 to 1996, the year before he departed. And that is, I told you already, the training on the vital groups. And today there are three books covering those three years training on the vital groups. I'm not going to get into that. But I will only tell you that is a training specific for the American saints. It's not given in Taiwan. It's given here. The training was good. Everything's recorded. But we fail to carry it out adequately, for sure. And so at the end of three years, in his last meeting in December of 1996. He passed away six months later. In June, June 9th, 1997. He said this in the last meeting. He said, I have said all I want can say about, about this. If you don't practice it, I have nothing more to say. And from this point on, I will not talk about any more. Sure enough, from that point until he died, he did not speak about publicly about the vital groups, about God ordained, about these things. Of course, by the time of 1997, he was weak and he gave his very last conference. And that would be a Chinese-speaking conference in February in Anaheim on reigning in life in Romans. And Idaro that year in April, he couldn't even come 
and he just sent some notes to some of the co-workers to be read to us. And by June, he was gone. Now, what I want to tell you, dear saints, is this. That in 1994, in the middle of that training, in that summer, it was some of the last life studies in the Old Testament. It was on the kings, first and second kings. And there, after the conference, as was his practice, when he had energy, he would collect the leading brothers who were present in that life training in Anaheim for a couple of days of fellowship. And he did that. And those messages were printed. And it is in a short book that I encourage you to get. I think the title is called Living a Life According to the High Peak of the Divine Revelation. A long title. Now, the first two chapters of that little book was his further speaking from kings. There was a lot of light because by then uh, he had, earlier that year in 94, he had begun to release the high peak of the divine revelation. And his speaking since then until he passed were all full of uh, uh, of interpretation of the scriptures according to that perspective. That is the high peak view. And so he gave some sharing. Then in chapter 3, 4, and 5 or something, you have to get the book. Brotherly, like he made a turn in speaking to the brothers. One chapter he talked about the need for a revival. That's when he began to speak about his dream for a final revival, even the greatest revival. He talked about that. And the other chapter, continuing on the same theme, he talked about a model. A model. Now, I cannot forget these things not only because I was in those meetings, but I was, along with others, with Brother Lee in co-workers' meeting where he spoke along that same line again and again. His desire to see, one, a revival, and number two, a, the raising up of a model. And in talking about the revival... Of course, he quoted that verse in Habakkuk, revive your work in the midst of these years, O Jehovah, and so on. But he practically told the brothers how to have this revival, and you would be shocked. He did not talk about the high peak. He did not talk about the kings. You know what he talked about? He talked about calling on the name of the Lord. He talked about pray reading the word as if he went way back to the 60s again. I believe in there he must have touched even the matter of singing or praising. 
Mainly, he was talking about the exercise of the Spirit. But not only an exercise of the Spirit, he talked about having a life and a living and a walk in the Spirit. And brothers and sisters, I would like to tell you, today, if you ask me, I will say, this is our need. We are full of truth. We're filled with truth in the recovery. We're not short in truth. You know what we're short in, generally speaking? We're short in vitality. And there, you, if you go back to an earlier uh, outline this week, it talks about the Americans, the local people. They are drawn to vitality. Even before they're drawn to truth. Because most people don't know truth. But when there's something truly vital, meaning living, active, of course, from a divine source we're talking about, mind, that is attractive. So today, there's no, there, we don't have any newfangled method to be vital. No, we need to just do the same thing yet in a new way, in an intensified way. I feel these days we need to recover the calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. And I'd like to give a conference just on calling. I did it. I gave four training messages on the matter of calling on the name of the Lord from A to Z. And I'd like to give that training. And that's not just for new ones, young ones, no. That's for you and me, the oldies. We've lost that kind of calling. And pray reading. We need to recover pray reading. Today, a lot of our pray reading are timid. They are lukewarm. They are tepid. Sorry to use these words. They're not powerful. They're not life-changing. You know, it used to be when we pray read after a session, not only we got sweaty, we, we're ready to do something. You know what I mean? We, we, were, we, were, we were transported to somewhere else. We ate. We really ate life. We, really, we are drenched. Not with, just with sweat, but with Zoe, you know? Really, really, we lost that. And, and, and in the late 70s, Brother Lee, you know, Brother Lee was doing the life study in Ephesians. Ephesians, many of you were there physically. And there he got into chapter 5, which I told the, talked to the students about. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled in spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing in your hearts to the Lord. Am I right? Amen. And there it contrasts not drinking wine or not being drunk with wine, to being filled in the Spirit, you can easily make that connection. That means you need to drink the Spirit until you are drunk. No, don't, don't go around being these fancy people sipping. Your, your Pinot, your whatever. 
you got to take this thing out from that brown bag. <laughs> you open this and you go, you gulp it down. I mean, after that, all gentlemen and ladies become crazy. That, that's the picture. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm, you know what I mean. That's the picture. Don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk or filled in spirit. A strong infilling. Not just a bare sip, but a strong saturation making your alcohol level off the charts. When is the last time, saints, you get filled in the spirit in that way? And without that, where, how can you have bonus? How can you, you know what I mean? How can you not be tentative? How can you not be careful? But a drunk person, they just walk through the door. They just, they have no face. They, they, they have no sense of embarrassment. They, they reek of smell. They, am I right? Dear saints, we're not here just to go and debate with people, convince people we have the best truth. That, I don't think, will gain people. I think we're going to, going to get people by helping them to get drunk. Yeah. Helping them to call on the Lord. Yeah. It means epikaleo, remember right? That means to call out loud. Yeah. I feel in the churches these days, we need to be reduced to simplicity once again and have a church life filled with calling. Lord Jesus. You know, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord. Now, I, I, mean, I mean, our calling has become uh, rote. Our calling has become Formulaic, our calling has become kind of formal. And that's what we do in the recovery, we call, you know. We're kind of a little strange. But I find our calling not strange enough anymore. I mean, in those days when we come to the meeting, you just get hit in your face with calling. And you have to do something about it. Either you hate it or you, you join it. And there's no in-between. It's so strong, the spirit. It's not just a kind of practice. You know, this is our practice. It's not a practice. It's just our living. Calling, breathing. We breathe so much until breath becomes wind. The essential spirit becomes economical spirit. Pray reading. Now, our prayer reading is just kind of you know, amen, da, 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 amen. I tell you, I like to give a training of, of four steps of progressive prayer, prayer reading. Four levels. Most of our prayer reading is level one. We don't even go to level two, level three, level four on more intensified prayer reading. That changes lives. That transforms our mind. That fills us with food divine food that give us strength to live our daily life, even to overcome.
And then it talks about singing. In Colossians it says, let the word of God inhabit you richly. Teaching, admonishing, and singing. You know, if you read the grammatical structure, that means you exhort people by singing. You admonish people by singing. Have you done that? Have you ever done that? You tell, brother, I want to admonish you. Then you start singing. So Ephesians talks about being filled in the Spirit. That's the call. And Colossians talk about being inhabited by the Word. That's the pray read. I tell you, these two things are not some 20th century practice. This is old time practice if you go all the way back to the Old Testament. Go back to Abram. He Blame him. He started the whole thing on calling. No, actually not him. It's Enosh. Am I right? Then men became to call on the name of the Lord because they realized how fragile they were. And they have no way but to call on God. And you say, pray reading, really? Yes. Go to Psalms. Especially go to, actually not just Psalms, other places. I tell you that all the old, real Old Testament saints pray read the law. They pray it. And it says so in Psalm 119. The whole one, Psalm 119 is on the word, God's testimonies, ordinance, his precepts, his, am I right? His, and the, his law, the testimonies. And it talks about how they handle that. If you read, brotherly speaking, in those few classic messages in the 50s, 50 something, 58, 56, 57, in the life study of Exodus, you'll find the day way to approach the law rather than the night way. The night way to handle the law is to be law keepers like the, Israel, like, like, like the Jews. But the day way to keep the law is not to keep the law, but to sing the law, but to love the law, but to embrace the law, but to hold your hands up to the law. Go, go read, go read that. I mean, if you want to really know how to pray, read, you better read that. And then in Psalm 119, there's a wonderful verse, uh, word, and that is the word muse. Muse. Muse on the word. And go read the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, 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 footnotes on muse. Muse means talking to yourself. Now, that sounds drunk. It say to muse on the word and you, you read the word, you pray the word, you start mumbling, you start talking to yourself. Uh, the, the, the King James word is meditate. But the more correct translation is muse. That means to reflect, to ponder, to deeply uh, uh, be engaged and, uh, with the word of God. I tell you, dear saints, I like to encourage the Midwestern churches to come back in these months to calling. Amen. You come together, few sisters, don't do much of anything, just call. Amen. Call softly, call loudly, uh, sing a song on calling. I don't know what you do, 
You just call. And call until you're filled. Have small calling groups. Have calling companions. Flee youthful lusts. Am I right? And what? Pursue with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. That's a word to the young people. Band together and call. That's how you experience jubilee. And recover the real pray reading. The real pray reading. Actually, I can give you those outlines. You can do it locally. Locally. Chinese saints, Chinese speaking saints, I gave four, those four messages in calling in Chinese. And up to today, I think those are four of amongst the best of the messages I gave in Chinese. It's in audio and video, if you want. I got carried away. Oh, I, I got carried away. My, when you see the name, what is Lord, what is Jesus? My, oh my. You're not just calling some, some, some syllables, okay? You're calling on a person behind that name. Amen. I mean, you don't know who that person is. Do you know who you're calling? You're not picking up the phone, hey, President Trump. No, you are calling on the Lord Amen. of this universe. Amen. You're calling on Jesus, the God-man, the Savior, the Redeemer, Amen. the life-giving Spirit. Amen. You don't know what you're doing when you're calling. Oh, brothers and sisters, I'm giving you the way to go on right now. Very practical and not complicated. But you need to practice it. And old, older saints don't say, I know this stuff from 30 years ago. I graduated already. What? You graduated from calling and pray reading? You graduated from breathing? And eating? No wonder. When we do this, I tell you, that will strengthen our spirit and affect our daily walk. To walk in the spirit. Amen. To live by the spirit. Amen. To overcome daily in our daily life. And not always be a punching back to the devil and just knocked around. Low great depression. We shouldn't be living that kind of life, Amen. brothers and sisters. No, we're not destined to do that. Don't take the lie of the enemy. Amen. We can be victorious. Amen. We can overcome Amen. if we touch him. The, the unique overcomer. Amen. Who's ready to infuse his overcoming life into our spirit. Okay, then the second thing Brother Lee wants to see uh, is a model built up. A model. And you say, what model are you talking about? When you talk about model, you talk about a pattern. You're talking about, about a, 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 um, a demonstration, a display 
sort of a prototype, you know? Actually, I would like to use the word testimony. A model is a testimony, a demo of what's real, you know. Look at this model, and then you know, you know, in Detroit, we're going to roll out this 2019 new car. That's a model. They're going to still tweak it and this and that, but there's a model, and that is telling you Ford is coming out with this car next year. Am I right? Looks like this. Get in it. Dear saints, Brother Lee's hope is that the recovery in every church, there would be a model of the testimony of Jesus. You can be 10 people. You can be a model. You can be a thousand people and no model. And I like to just say this tonight about this model. Put it in simple terms. I would say that model of God's testimony in today's parlance, I just borrowed that now, is to live the God-man for the new man. Did you, you can write that down. To live the God-man for the new man. You know, ever since 2018, we've been on the new man. Very much since Taipei in February. All the feast has been on, very much on the matter of the new man. I'm very happy about that. The new man is almost higher than the body in Ephesians as a uh, uh, picture of the church. Because a body can be a body, it's just a, a, a body, but when you talk about man, a person is involved. I, I'm not going to say more, but every local church has a golden lampstand. What the Lord wants ultimately in this country, in every local church, is this testimony. There is a corporate God-man living by the saints and the expression of a new man that the earth does not see. A new man where Christ is all and in all. And you have to go to the messages, all of this. I, I have no time. But I want to simplify it. Every local church should not just be some, uh, some saints. They come back to the scriptural practice. They leave the denomination. They now don't sprinkle. They, baptize, they immerse people in water. They, 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 uh, uh, they use the recovery version. They, uh, no, no, no. A real local church is a church of believers standing on the ground of oneness day by day living the God-man life which is Jesus living again in them. They live Christ for something. Not just to be spiritual but for something 
for the new man, which is the body, the church. But to use today's word, it is the new man. That's the ultimate. The Lord must gain this across the earth before he can come back. And in the Midwest right now, that's what people are looking for. And that is what will put fear, strike fear in Satan. I hope we will all have a collective rebellion against these mobile devices. I don't mean you trash them or throw them away. They're still useful. You know, I, I got an iPhone 8. I think I'm using 1% of all its features. I don't know what else to use, you know. My, my daughters and eventually my grandkids will. I just know how to email, you know, and send a text, you know. But my point is, my, today, this thing is taking over our lives, eating away our time. Talk about redeeming the time and doing the will of God. I think the first thing is to take care of that. Practically. And spend the time, rather, to call on the Lord. Amen. Pray, read the word. Amen. I tell you, be a happier person. You know, really shut down those news. Every news that comes will depress you some more. Okay? And by the time you read in the, the news, you say, the world is falling down. I mean, the sky is falling down, right? No, the sky is not falling down. Okay? You, spend, you have been just spending a little bit too much time on your phone. That's, that's, what's the, that's the problem. <laughs> Dear saints, let's have a new beginning in the Midwest. Amen. I'm not looking to a repeat. I look to the Lord for a brand new recovery in the Midwest. Amen. We can do it. Okay? Amen. So I gave you the assignment for four months. I, gave you, I just gave you four months assignment corporately in the meetings, and personally in your daily life. Okay? Amen. You cannot tell me I'm not practical. All right, what time is it? 8.10. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what I should talk about. All right. I will talk about the Midwest. I will talk about the Midwest. I firstly want to convince you, I don't think I need to really spend that much time to convince you, <clears throat> that in general, as it has started many decades ago, mainline Christianity has been in a state of decline. Started when I came here, 50-some years ago. Oh, and by the way, before I go to that, I forgot this one important thing to finish my thought. And that is back to 1969. 1969. You know, uh, Bill, Brother Lee 
I was told was in Erie that year twice. Twice. The first time was in April. July. No, 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 no. Before summer. Before summer. The second time was after summer. After summer. July and December? Oh, okay. I better go get my facts straight. But my point is this. My point is this. Regardless, that was the year he released a tremendous light on the matter of the spirit being sevenfold intensified. That is a pivotal, pivotal truth in, our, in the recovery. Uh, you know, we have the song, Come, O Seven Spirits, Come, right? It was written then. It was written then. And I tell you, dear brothers and sisters, up to, to this day, which today we are solidly in the age of revelation. Actually, it started even when John was at the Isle of Patmos. The age of revelation has begun. We're still in that age. And in this age, the Spirit of God is sevenfold. And if you read chapter 1 of Revelation, you'll find even the placement of the Trinity changed. Typically, it's Father, Son, and Spirit in Matthew. Baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But that's the first book of the New Testament. The last book of the New Testament, it changed. It first talked about the Father, the one who was in the beginning. Then the second, so to speak, person, to borrow that word, is the Spirit. And then it comes to Jesus, the true witness, the faithful witness. Even that switch is meaningful, is inspired. But then it not only talks about that, it talks about this spirit is like seven flames of fire before the throne, before God's throne, is seven flames. And these seven flames are signs of the seven spirits of God. And these are not seven spirits, like separate entities, because there's no such thing that is against the truth. There's only one spirit in the Bible, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. But why seven spirit? Because of the age of degradation has come in. And so God must intensify his move on the earth by sending himself as the Spirit, which of course includes Christ, person, and all his accomplishments, but sevenfold intensified. To do what work? It says he's, these spirits are sent forth to the whole earth, running to and fro. And they are fire. They are like fire. You know, this, one of the signs of the spirit is, the appearance of the spirit is fire. To what? Number one, to burn. To burn. And number two, to judge. You know, fire is for judgment. Number three, to search. You know, it gives light to search and expose. And I would say not only that, but to energize. 
fire, you know, is a source of energy. Those four things. Those four things. For the churches. So, brothers and sisters, today we're in that age. We should be experiencing this sevenfold intensified spirit daily. Don't think this is strange. Like, like your, 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 your lamp in your house with a three-way light, boom, boom, boom. It's the same light bulb, but each time it gets brighter, except this is seven, seven clicks. Same light bulb, same spirit, but sevenfold intensify to ward off, to fight off all the degrading things from the world, from religion, from every direction. And we're living in the cesspit today of the worst thing you can imagine in morality. Am I right? Especially in America. You think you can fight that off? You think you can deal with it? These things are coming at you, even on, the, on these sites, whether you like it or not. Two clicks away. Brothers and sisters, we need the spirit. Amen. And not just the average spirit, if I may use that term, but the sevenfold intensified spirit. Amen. And God has prepared that spirit. He has sent that spirit. That spirit is running to and fro. Amen. And that spirit is our portion Amen. in the church. Amen. So that's why we need to call on the Lord to experience that spirit. Pray read the word. To what? To drink that spirit. Amen. That spirit will do the work within us. Amen. To make us different. To make us the testimony of Jesus. To make us live Christ. In this filthy age. To live a holy living. In this degraded. Perverted generation. It's possible. We need to touch him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, well, time, time. It's been in a decline. Christianity has been in decline. You know, 20 years ago, it's a mega church. You know, mega church. Whoa, mega church. You know, people today, they're leaving the mega church in droves because it's just a commercial enterprise. It's a marketplace. You get an MBA to go work in a mega church, in their marketing department or their entertainment department. You take away the music, the bands, nobody will come to your church. The draw is entertainment or someone who is charismatic to speak some things of prosperity, of self-help, of feel better, Sermons. And that, in the end, will not satisfy the seeking heart. So, it's been dwindling. Uh, Catholic, mainline, you know, the, the mainline, you know, the Episcopalian, the, the Methodist, and so on, and even evangelical. Southern Baptist. 
decrease, decreasing. And there's a trend away from any kind of formal religion. People would, there are less and less people who consider themselves affiliated with certain denominations. I, I have some numbers here. I don't want to get in there. It's too much. But the point is this. The point is, while this is happening, this, what I call the seeking, the desire to be spiritual, the hunger for something spiritual has not gone down. Why? Because the same Vacuum is still in man. I don't care millennials or what. It's still a human. As long as you're human, you need God. Amen. You have eternity in there. Amen. That has not changed. So I say this, brothers and sisters, the need for our message today is as great as ever. In fact, what we have to offer is more relevant than ever against this dark backdrop and worsening situation in society. We have a job to do, that's what I'm saying. And people are looking for answers. On the campuses, for sure. But even outside of the campus, in the workplace, you know, they're earning big money, but let me tell you, there's a gaping hole inside of them. Behind the doors, nice doors, nice neighborhood. Are broken marriages, broken hearts, addiction, drugs, alcohol. Things to ease the pain. It's an epidemic. Then I talk about depression, I talk about anxiety. Disorders, I'm talking about loneliness, I'm talking about pressure. All these things today, the mental health of the world and in this country has never been so bad. Compared to even World War II or slightly afterwards. Dear brothers and sisters, we should not say People are not open. People are satisfied. That is not true. They can look like a gentleman, like they have it together. You don't know. It's falling apart inside. Young people, especially on campuses, left and right, Oh, dear brothers and sisters, we owe them the jubilee. Amen. That's why we need to do everything to live a life of jubilee Amen. so that we can bring this jubilee to them. Amen. In the Midwest, population here, those states I read 
uh, read off this morning, 67.7 million population. I gave you the ethnic breakdown already. 75% here still consider themselves Christians. Very high number. 20% unaffiliated. My point is, this place is still, I wouldn't say a godly country, but compared to the entire U.S., along with the Bible Belt, it is a region where people still have certain reverence towards God and the Bible. They may know nothing, you know what I mean, they, they're just not into it, but at least there is that tradition. Unlike the coast where I come from, they outright banned God. And if, as if God can be banned. They're do everything to get the word out of society. If they can, out of public circulation. They even try to less relate things to muzzle the speaking of the word on certain things. Legislate. But we're here. Why are we burdened for the middle part of America? Not because people here are prettier or whatever. These are the Americans. These are the original Americans that settled in this country from diverse sources. And there's still that American tradition here of God and country. Am I right? I'm not here with any kind of politicized agenda because we're not in that realm. I don't care who you vote for. I'm just looking at this country of USA, still the leading country on the earth. It's not China. Sorry, we have some Chinese brothers here. It's not China. China is going to be the number one economic power in a few short years. Trust me. U.S. will be bumped to number two. Right now, U.S. is number one. China is number two. Japan is number three. And Germany is number four. And U.K. is number five right now. And China has leapt over Japan to be number two a few years back. And they're targeting to be number one. And they will be number one. But even when that happens, it will not take away the leadership role of the United States on the earth today. You take away the United States, this world will truly, literally fall apart. Whatever peace is there is because of the U.S. That is a fact. And the U.S. is still the leading country in many things, culturally, medically, technologically, scientifically, in R&D, in many areas, academically. That's why people come here to study, to get their higher education, do their research. Militarily, the U.S. is a special country, and I'm not here, okay, to tout this country and just kind of 
be patriotic? No. I'm following Brother Lee in his feeling, which I totally agree with, not only in 1981, but today, almost 40 years later, the picture is the same, if not more. I don't care how people badmouth this country or go this about the USA. I don't care. But this is the fact. And this is country, in Brother Lee's word, is like the ego with two oceans. No man, no, it's hard to attack USA. Two oceans. And if you study this country, it started with just a few colonies and crazy things start to happen. The U.S. just picked this place up, you know, Louisiana Purchase? You know, for, for, for a crazy discount, you know, a few dollars they got from the Gulf to Canada. From Napoleon or somebody. And then they got the whole western part from Mexico. And suddenly the U.S. owned this whole thing, abundant with natural resources, a big wilderness that is left there for centuries, quote, quote, undiscovered. I know some Vikings came, but anyway, of course, there's the Native Americans here, but you, want, you understand what I mean? And you go read Acts, it talk about God who decided on times and seasons. And drew lines, you know. He has everything planned that you ask. This continent would be a hidden place, a wilderness, a vast one, until a certain time when it was discovered. All for his purpose. There was first Roman Empire, four, four nations that God mainly used in the, in, from the time of the Lord all the way until now. Number two is Germany. That's Reformation. And number three, it's England for the, the missionaries, the re preaching of the gospel to the known world, and for the recovery of the truth of the scriptures. Then it does not say it turned to China, although the Lord used some young Chinese Christians to bring forth the recovery. But that flow that went to China quickly in 40 years pivoted back to the West, and this time to the United States. The United States is the present nation, and there's reason to believe the last nation, and brotherly used the word, the ultimate nation, where the Lord will carry out his ultimate move. This is not to make us proud to be Americans and just go around and show off. Don't do that. That's not the point. The point is God's sovereignty that no man can do anything about. You say, who put this man in the Oval Office? I don't know. Well, I know. It's not your vote. It's the heavens. Heavens rule. You like it, you don't like it. That's the way it is. God has his sovereign arrangement administer the whole world situation for the sake of his divine move. And this country is still playing a huge role in this. 
And so, my brothers and sisters, the Lord's recovery in this country, the Lord's move in this country must be strong. It must match what the Lord is doing without. And as of now, with what we own, what we possess in riches, our expression does not quite match. In numbers, in size, in impact, in power, we're not the recovery that we should be. But brothers, the time is now. And I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not even just talking about next year. I'm talking about the next season. The times and the season, the next season. The Lord must do something through us. Now, I will tell you, the Lord can raise up another people. He he has done that. He can. But I also will tell you, it's very difficult. And it takes a lot of time for the Lord to raise up a people that can be useful to him. The Lord's recovery by now almost a hundred years, even by common standards of any movement, that's a long time. Not only has it not died or split up into a thousand pieces, But today, by his work of grace, the recovery on the earth is one. The vision is one. And we're following the one ministry. We are one recovery with the same burden and vision. And here in the United States, particularly, so I, this weekend, I came to Chicago, not just to give messages. I came to the Chicago to issue a call. I'm, I brought my trumpet with me. And if you know, you don't know, these four meetings, I've been blowing the trumpet. And tomorrow, I'll blow my last blast. Then I can go home and rest for a little bit. But now I hope I pass on the trumpet to you. Saints, not just to the leading brothers, not just to the co-workers, but to every dear brother and sister. Every one of you, old and young, have to pick up that trumpet and sound that trumpet and bring your church into the Jubilee life to ready ourselves for the Jubilee proclamation. In the entire Midwest, this is the land that the real estate that the Lord has measured to us. We need to be faithful to that. In other areas, regions of the country, they are doing the same. That's my burden. Even Canada, even Canada is a country. They have to rise up and do this as well. What time is it? So, no outline. You read it, please, because it takes time to digest all of those. Talk about full-timers supporting them, talk about this, but that. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Please, please get into it yourselves. 
Now, uh, what should we do? Huh? The Jubilee has come. The Jubilee has come. The prophets were aware. The Lord this word declare. The year acceptable is full salvation show. The Jubilee has come. All right, now how about some things come up? Tonight, we'd like to take 10 minutes at the end. Our brother Tony Barber will give you a very good update on Bibles for America. Because this will be a great tool as we go out, as we fan out, to make this proclamation. So uh, please come up now. Uh, there are two brothers and others, please come up. Uh, uh, even these brothers, please don't speak too long. Right, because I took your timer already. Yeah. Praise the Lord! Saints, as we've been hearing this speaking, uh, the, the feeling that I have is we're at a critical time. Amen. You know, when the Lord was uh, ready to ascend into the heavens, the disciples were still not that uh, confident uh, in their condition and situation. The Lord had resurrected, but he was still appearing and disappearing. But, you know, he sent them to Jerusalem, and he told them to remain there. Amen. And while they were remaining, even in the midst of the Jewish opposition, they were praying. But they were calling. Amen. They were rejoicing. Amen. They were bringing the heavens to the earth. Amen. And joining earth to heaven. Amen. And they became filled with the Spirit. Amen. You know, when Brother Lee went to be with the Lord personally, I was really concerned, but a few of the saints I was with, we began to pray. And we just entered into a realm of enjoyment. Amen. You know, the Lord is with us. Amen. We don't have to look at ourselves. Amen. Today we just look to the heavens. Amen. The Lord is on the throne. Amen. And as we call on his name, Amen. he's ready to be everything that right. we need. Amen. He's ready to infuse us. Amen. So we don't look at ourselves. Amen. Let's call on Amen. Praise Him. Amen. Bring the heavens to the earth. Amen. Join the earth to the heavens. Amen. The Lord is with us. Amen. In Daniel 1130, uh, 1132, it says, The people who know their God show strength and take action. Amen. Isn't there a burden inside of you Amen. to be revived, Amen. to be made vital, Amen. to become that model, Amen. to be filled in spirit by calling on the Lord? Amen. By pray reading his word Amen. so that others could see the God-man Jesus living again today on this earth. Amen. The Jubilee has come to the U.S. Amen. The Jubilee has come to the Midwest. Amen. We're here to infuse one another Amen. with this Jubilee, saints. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We don't need to believe the fake news from the enemy right. that we can't make it, that we can't do it. Amen. We have our God, Jehovah. Amen. We have each other. Amen. We have the sevenfold intensified spirit. Amen. Come, all seven spirits, come. Amen. So, um, like Brother Tony was mentioning, several years ago, uh, BFA made a strategic decision to kind of turn and invest in the internet. Um, and in case, you know, maybe you're wondering whether that was a good idea or not, I was just considering that um, 
consider the way that everything else has turned. 15 years ago, if you wanted to reach people, you could advertise in the Yellow Pages. Uh, but now, if you advertise in the Yellow Pages, you're not going to reach anybody. <laughs> so and, and that's only in a short 15-year period we've gone from Yellow Pages to if people want information, they go to their phone and they search for whatever it is that they want. So a plumber, an electrician, whatever. That also means when it comes to searching for meaning, searching for the truth, people are turning to the internet. Um, and so people are searching for things like, who is Jesus? Uh, is God real? What's the meaning of my life? Um, anyway, so this is just the way that people, what, what people are doing, the way things are turning. People pick up their phone. And they're trying to find answers to these questions. Um, so BFA has been kind of investing in this direction. And uh, just kind of one example of, of what that looks like is if you search in Google for who is Jesus, um, actually a video that BFA produced shows up on the first page. Um, so, so no matter where you are, you can do it now in your seat, you could do it later. If you search for who is Jesus and you scroll, um, and, and it changes some, sometimes you know, they move around a little bit, but I, I did it just now, and the first video that I saw on the front page was a video from BFA that, that talks about who is Jesus. Um, anyway, so that's, a, you know, that's just awesome that we can have a video there for people to, to find, for them to, to get the information they need. Um, so that's just kind of one example. Um, another example, like Brother Tony was mentioning, um, every month there's about 100,000 people who visit the BFA website, so over 1.2 million people a year. Um, and I ran some numbers, and I think my numbers are, are pretty accurate. Um, I think uh, every hour, about 5.5 people order a Bible uh, from the BFA website. So that means while we were here, while we're sitting here tonight, around 11 Bibles, 10 or 11 Bibles, were ordered in the last two hours. Um, so this is something that's just going on. It's, it's constantly going on. It's constantly taking place. Uh, so, so, you know, points to a couple things. One is there are people who are searching for these kinds of answers. Uh, they're searching for meaning. They're wanting to, to find the Lord. They're wanting to find the meaning to their lives. And uh, anyway, the BFA website, the blog post, the videos are helping people find those answers. Um, and I just appreciate also, so there's people, you know, ordering the Bibles. They're receiving, receiving them. Uh, they're reading them. We don't know, we don't know how, how they're reading them, who's reading them. Um, the total is, I think, you know, over 1.5 million Bibles at this point. But just one, one uh, just example came to mind while I was thinking about this is um, there's a brother who's not in the church life that I went to high school with. And uh, at some point, a sister, this was while I think he was in college, a sister, some sister, I don't even know who it was, gave him a BFA card. And he ordered a BFA Bible. And then he went on, he's currently a minister somewhere, he became ordained and, and you know, all these different things. But anyway, then I ran into him, and he said that he, he, uh, he, he mentioned the story about the, the recovery version, and he said sometimes he uses it when he's preparing his sermons and he's kind of preparing what he speaks to people. Um, anyway, so it's just kind of one small example of all these Bibles are out there, the truth is out there, the riches are out there. Uh, we don't know how it's being used, um, but anyway, people are finding the recovery version. They're finding the ministry through the website. Um, anyway, so it's just awesome that, that uh, all of these riches can be out there online. And I was just considering, okay, so maybe, you know, what, what, what can we do along these lines? How can we participate? Um, I was just thinking that one thing is, you know, you can just pray that um, people would find the website, or would order the materials, uh, pray that they would not only order it, but also read uh, digest what they order, they would get into it. 
Um, and anyway, so there's just a lot, lot to pray for. Um, it probably looks like BFA, you know, really knows what they're doing and, and has all of these different resources. But anyway, there's just so much more that we can do. So, so please pray for, for BFA. Uh, pray for the Bibles that are going out and uh, pray that the Lord could gain what he would like to gain. Amen. Sure. So you can get to it uh, two ways. One is you can type in bfa.org. Uh, so three letters, bfa.org. And you can also go to BiblesForAmerica.org. So those are the two, two ways.